Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 17th episode of the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion, A Monkey's Podcast. Here are your hosts, Mr. Al Bigley and Mr. Alan Williams. Thank you, Mr. Announcer. At this time, I want to bring up a bit of a touchy and personal subject. Some of our fans, when asked about their preferences pertaining to this very show, have stated that they can certainly do without the in-jokes, the snappy patter, the sparsely used canned laughter. So, in an effort to please said fans, we'd like to announce that the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion podcast will now endeavor to refrain from such juvenile tactics, such infantile theatrics, and sophomoric situations. Correct. Henceforth, from this point forward, this podcast will strive to be the very picture of decorum and erudite dialogue, the very definition of bland, objective reporting, and conversing, the absolute image of calm and serious examination of all things monkeys-related. We thank you for your patience, your understanding, and your continued patronage as we proudly stride forward in a dignified manner into a bold new age of staid and serious podcasting ventures. Furthermore, if any valued listener would like to engage in equal and sober discussion and dissertation, we would be most grateful and welcome to such an offer. Thanks for indulging us that little bit of an editorial diatribe there. We really do strive to have fun and make a monkey's podcast that's just overflowing with what we'd like to hear, as opposed to a lot of the podcasts out there I hear that feature basically two poorly recorded bozos sitting at their kitchen table talking about poorly researched subjects and interviewing an even more poorly heard guest. And I do not mean other monkeys' podcasts. I sometimes listen to historical or conspiracy-based podcasts myself, and boy, there are some really, really awful ones out there. I like shows and podcasts and presentations that challenge me a bit and don't talk down to me and give me those extra nuggets that reward my intention and intelligence and knowledge and that's what I want here, so the listener will feel that his or her intelligence and attention is also being rewarded and valued. So, I'd like to throw my own kind of party, then see who decides to come to it, even if it means climbing a few stairs. Because, like Podfather Ken Mills has told me recently, make the podcast you want to hear. And oh boy, is that the kind of podcast we're gonna make? Flavin! You know, I wonder if the guy with the shock collar is in my speed dial. Let me see here. No, please no more with the shock maker with the lawyer. No, I won't no more. Be quiet. I will. And with that, we welcome you to the real 17th episode of the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast. I am Al. I just interviewed Nez again, Williams. And I'm Al. Canned laughter kills lonesome. Bigly. <laughs> I like that one. You do realize how difficult it was for me to get through that, right? You know, it was only two minutes of just straight dialogue, and you were shaking like a leaf in fall. All I wanted to do was enter this line. This has been a Fox News fake news special report. And now you have. That's right. (laughs) A very interesting episode we have this week, my friend, isn't it? It's the follow-up to our previous episode. Which one was that? Number 11. Number 11. That's a little hint there. Still available for listening. That was our big Hear No Evil Monkeys Tribute CD special, and now... And here we are a year and a half later getting back to follow up and finish on it. 
But you know what they used to say is a bigger name on the other line. It was, you know, it was kind of like Nez and then Bobby Hart and Ron Masak and all that. And others we don't dare mention at this time. It's easy for you to say. All those Marvel comics I've read. All the hyperbole. No, we've got a big special interview with... Jim Johnson, who... If you listen to episode 11, we had the opportunity to interview Natty Moss Bond, who was one of the vocalists that was featured in... uh, They did the version of You Told Me. And now we managed to snag the creative force behind it, the man who created the project and who oversaw it, the great Jim Johnson out of Atlanta. That's right. You're here about his insights into making this famous Monkees tribute CD at a time when those things really weren't being done. Yep. And uh, for those of you who have not discovered it yet, trust me, you really need to because it is a really good sampling of early 90s pop-style music you know, made with Monkey songs. In fact, there's one we're going to spotlight here that uh, is near and dear to Alan's heart. Yeah, and it's a little... Um, it's a little sad to have to do it this way, but uh, for those of you that have listened to the album, uh, my favorite cut has always been the rockabilly version of Tomorrow's Gonna Be Another Day by Larry Jim Miller and the Rockabilly Rockets. Unfortunately, uh, Larry has left the building. Uh, he died a few months back, uh, quite suddenly, as, as, uh, believe it or not, and uh, it's he was a very talented artist. I never got to I never got to talk to him much about it. All right, so as I said, you know. Larry Joe's passing away was very um, was very untimely. And here's the cool thing, though. While we were doing the research for this, I did reach out to him. I uh, was not able to interview him, but uh, I did get this from him. He says, My band, The Thingies, played in Austin in 1967. Anyways, we would always stop band practice to watch the monkeys on TV. We would be at the forefront of the hippie movement while we were watching. Uh, Love them then, and even changed the words to the theme song to Hey Hey, We're the Thingies for a live gig song, which is pretty cool. Fun. When the opportunity for my band and the talented Pete Moss to do a song, we wanted to do one that we could make our roots, Rockabilly. Henceforth, tomorrow's going to be another day. So, yeah, we're going to do that one later as a tribute to Larry Joe Miller. Uh, And I think Jim brings it, it's been so long ago, we haven't listened to it. I think Jim brings up Larry Joe and his, his passing in that, so... But it's an exciting, it was, you, you can still tell 25 plus years later the, the enthusiasm and the excitement that he feels and the, uh, the, um, the pride that he has in the, in the project. Wait, speaking of that 25-year-old monkey's tribute effort, mm-hmm. isn't there something you're forgetting, Mr. Williams? Jeopardy theme inserted. Uh, Some rare stickers. Oh yeah, that's right. Hello? Hello, anybody? Yeah, this is for Christine. This is the old Jewish guy again. Hello? Join me in this, will ya? You know, I know at your advanced age, the mind is the second thing to go. So, here's what we're going to do. And that reminds me, we have to pull the name for the... We have to pull the name out of the hat for this one, too, as well. Uh, We're going to do it this episode? Yeah, that was the plan. That's what okay, I, all right. At least that's what, I told them, that's what I told them last episode. We have three names. It's going to be a tough one. All right, yeah. Um, uh, Where, your hat? Yeah. yeah you're the only one with a hat. No. You're the only one with a hat, so. Yeah, all right, so. Thank you for reminding me because our good buddy Jim uh, met, uh, sent me a card with seven wonderful-looking, very rare, Hear No Evil album cover stickers, which are just damn cool. So, in addition to giving one to you, Palomine, Yes. We're going to stick one into the prize careful, package. Careful, careful. Oh, okay. And we're going to put this in the prize package along with the October 67 issue of 19, uh, 16 Magazine, which is, again, is in awesome shape, and the 1987 Dolan's Jones tour, tour book. 
I've kept that 16 magazine uh, under my mattress for decades now, so it's in perfect shape. That's right. So, um... I'm joking. I'm joking. And there are no lip prints on Davy's picture, says Leia. I wiped them all clean. So... Uh, should we crank up the should we can't crank up the, the name generator and let's and, do that. Let's mention this was a uh, little contest that we had for anyone commenting on our Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Facebook page about this very podcast. All those names went into a mayonnaise jar that we are now vigorously shaking. And that mayonnaise jar has been kept safe on the stair steps of Mickey Dolan's ex wife's house. It's good to be so, phew. I don't see how Mel Blank ever did that Met Maxwell on Jack Benny show, but that's another story from another podcast. So, all right, our big winner is pick a name, pick a name. Uh, Harlow Wilcock. No, I'm sorry, that's not the right one. Wrong name. Jamie Telgren. Hey, Jamie. Uh, congratulations, Jamie. If you will message us your uh, mailing information, uh, send it to us in a message, not in a post. Um, we will send you not only uh, the Here No Evil sticker, but the two aforementioned uh, magazines. With some other secret goodies I don't dare mention here. Please don't. I don't, we don't need, we don't need, D, uh, we, don't, we don't need ATF, uh, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Oh, no, nothing like that. Nothing like uh, the salesman song. I don't mean those kind of secret goods wait, 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 you push salesman. while you are talk. You try, are you trying, salesman, are you trying to, you know, no, that interview is for another program coming up. Oh, gotcha. Um... Thanks to everyone that did comment on the post. Uh, that's all we asked for is for your comments to make the show better. Of course, if you heard the first part of the show, we ignored them, basically. Um, but thanks to everybody. Thanks to... Uh, David Lovin. I beg your pardon. Yeah. Wasn't that a, wasn't that a Beach Boys song? Yeah. Michelle Taylor. That'd be Royce Hurt. There's some guy named Ken Mills commented. Who? Some some hanger-on. Who? Like, yeah, yeah. He comes to me, he comes to me on the, the history of my daughter's wedding... And ask me for a favor. Oh, no, that's the godfather. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, that's that's right. This guy's the podfather. I want to especially uh, give a thank you to um, Carolyn for saying I was cute. Uh, even though she likes moving in with Rico, she gets points for saying I'm cute, even without my luxurious flowing locks. Moving in with Rico. See, now you got the song in my head, yep. I told you not to start it. I also want to throw out a quick thank you to Chrissy Pizarro and Kim Winter for the comments. So we will do another giveaway at a specifically designated time. Right, because we have much more monkeys loot to give away, even more fabulous than this current installation. All right. Thanks again, guys, for commenting. Keep commenting on the page. It's interactive. It's what we wanted. That's right. So, And we do appreciate it. it? But, you know, it, it took a little bit to bribe them, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Well, wait till they hear about my secret stash of... 100% authentic Mickey Dolan's curls shorn from his head in 1967. And the grand prize being the clones of Mike's tonsils. I don't want to say anything, but the person that seems to be reacting mostly to my Save Mickey Dolan's hair is some guy named Mickey Dolan's in California. He's writing in. Dolan's? Last name is Dolan's? I told him I don't have a lot, but maybe, you know, maybe it's enough. I'm kidding. I should talk, right? With my shining pate. Uh, yeah, there's a little turtle wax on top there to get glass that sheen. So. Every morning. That's right. Okay, so now that we have totally vacated the, the vacated the room of listeners, so you want it serious? And it costs you it costs you 124 bucks for six months to get 124 bucks a month to get serious. Right. See, I set him up. He knocks him down. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, getting back to uh, hear no evil. Yeah. You know, 
there are, as I said, when we first reviewed this, I told you there were like only two songs that I really couldn't get into. But again, the one that stands out to me the most is um, Tomorrow's Gonna Be End of the Day because you know, I grew up as a boomer. I grew up on the tail end of rockabilly. And my, and my brother uh, is is into, actually into psychobilly, which is I've always found interesting. But I went to school with a kid we called psychobilly. And he, and he used to eat glue, and he used to eat paper, and oh. Doesn't he have a position on 45's cabinet now or something like that? You know what? I think he does. Never mind. That was, uh, that was not called Here come for. the next round of comments. Hashtag not my president. And it's like, you know. So, but um, would you do me a favor? Yes. At this point, as a tribute to Larry Joe, would you mind Do I have to get up? Do I have to get no, out of my chair? No, you don't have to get you. To, no, the only tribute you have to do is if you'll mash that button and play that song for me. Larry Joe, we love you, miss you. Thank you for this gift. Well, if you listen to our last podcast, number 15? 16. Number 16. Boy, the mind is the second thing that goes. Uh, <laughs> you will, of course, you will have enjoyed our fabulous, special Bobby Hart episode. That's right. Wonderful uh, interview. And we also highlighted some Monkees songs that Boyce and Hart wrote and also performed themselves, like Teardrop City mm-hmm. and P.O. Box 9847. Mm-hmm. A few years ago, I did my own remix of P.O. Box 9847, which I really like. I really made it even more psychedelic. Somebody even said, you made it even more... You took an already disturbing song and made it more disturbing. Are you kidding me? Psycho Jello. Right. Um, I think by then we had enough different different versions of it, enough... Uh, I'm sure Rhino had given us a just the backing track of the song. Mm-hmm. So I took it and did some things I always wanted to hear with the song, and... Uh, here it is. I think uh, if you uh, if you don't mind, Mr. Williams, we need <clears throat> you to transform into that elder statesman. 
of radio history, Mr. Don Steele. 321K, Shake Jets at Time with Real Don Steele. Time for remix time here on the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast. It's that Voice and Heart remix, P.O. Box 9847. Monkeys, monkeys, monkeys.
Oh man, the colors. The colors, man. Oh, did you, dude. Did you put some kind of weird mushrooms on your pizza the day you did that? Dude, that's like a whole other scene, man. Are you kidding me? Psycho Jello. Oh, dude. Alan, you take over, man. I gotta lay down for a while, dude. Oh, Alright, well, getting back, to the, getting back to the real world, as it were. Bless you, Duncan. Uh, that That's one of Al's uh, canine buddies, by the way. Duncan is the unofficial mascot of this radio podcast. This extraterrestrial radio podcast. Can you say that on the radio? Yes, I can. We're not on the radio. <laughs> no, Duncan is the unofficial mascot of this very podcast. He has sat in for almost every interview, every recording session. He even does my hair and makeup, which explains a lot. <laughs> and he's so talented with a bad hip, too. You know, it's like, so... Uh, my, you said you never mentioned my bad hip. Not yours, his. Oh, that's right. <laughs> He's got a bad hip, remember? Right. Uh, well, getting back to Hear No Evil, uh, we are thrilled to present the interview that we conducted with the creative mind, a man who's been a Monkees fan since the beginning, like myself, and who, whose love of the band led him to create this wonderful 21-song uh, collection called Hear No Evil. We are thrilled to welcome to the Texas Prairie Chicken Monkeys, Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion. That's easy for me to say. See, I'm stuck in the Fox News thing again. That's right. We are thrilled to welcome to the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast family, the creative man behind Hear No Evil, Jim Johnson. Well, you know, earlier on an earlier episode of the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast, we celebrated the 25th anniversary of the very first Monkees tribute CD called Hear No Evil. And we had a wonderful interview with one of the great performers on that CD, Natty Moss Bond. So we are thrilled to be joined by the creative force, the man who actually brought it to us. And we are proud to welcome to the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast family, the creative force, Jim Johnson. Jim, welcome to the family. And I realize that it's 25 years late, but thank you so much for the gift of the CD. This is an amazing recording group. Thanks so much. It was, uh, you know, almost everybody that uh, I asked sent in a song. And that's why there's so many on there, because we just figured, well, we can't do this and leave. Let's leave one song off. Who are we going to leave off? You know, and there was, you know, more than my decision on this record also. You know, there was Steve Pallon and Joe Kalish, who were long play. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's their label. So we talked about it and I, they both had one that they said, well, we could leave this off or we could leave this one off. And I said, you know what, just leaving one or two off of all of these is just, it's just not fair considering there's space mm-hmm. on a CD, you know? So well, I guess, I guess that's a nice dilemma to have that you have 21 quality tracks that you don't want to leave off. Yeah. And so we just, said okay well we'll just do that and then i wouldn't have to you know deal with anybody calling and saying hey how come my song is not on there you know and it's like i, I don't want to deal with that and uh the, and the reason is is because i didn't feel that that any of them were of a lesser quality to go ooh, i don't want ooh, you know let's not put that on you know they were all of, of a high quality you know recording and of sound of course the diggers was funny because they I found out that they recorded that live in a bedroom on a cassette. Oh my goodness! So, <laughs> you know that. Oh my! That was their recording uh, session. Uh, I guess that's where they recorded. I mean, rehearsed in somebody's bedroom, and they just turned on the cassette player and 
and uh, recorded it and then uh, transferred it to a quarter inch and then sent it to me and then gave it to me. Whatever works. You know, you mentioned having the space and having the uh, the privilege and the uh, ability not to excise anything. Well, a recent Monkeys Tribute CD used today's technology by offering the extra tracks that weren't included as bonus downloads on iTunes or what have you, which was not available back 25 years ago. But I think he enjoyed that same kind of uh, idea of, I don't want to leave anything out. Here's a way I can offer everything that was contributed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if we had that technology, maybe that would have happened. Maybe it would have been a smaller a smaller amount of songs. But then again, it's still, you know, you still have that same thing of where you want to be on the actual record itself instead of being offered as a, you know, a download. Well, you know, it's like, well, you're on a download. Well, who's going to do that? You're, you're not good enough to you be know? on, you're not good enough to be on the CD, but we did make you available as a download, you know, just for. <laughs> exactly. And it's almost, it's almost a slap in the face, but then at the same time, you know, that's what a lot of people do with their music nowadays. And even people up in my age group, so to speak, I don't do it. I've never downloaded a song and paid a dollar for a song from the internet. I just buy whatever I want. And if I can't afford it or if I can't find it, then, you know, I do without or just listen to it as a YouTube or a, you know, if, if, if it's on there somewhere where you can listen to it, you yeah. know, but, uh, that's the best way. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you had the whole thing as a download, um, uh, you know, you're, you're working with, uh, you know, a better frame of mind because everybody's getting a download, but, uh, I, I'm glad we didn't have to do that. And I'm glad that, you know, cause I certainly asked, way more people than than participated but they couldn't get to it or they didn't have the opportunity to or some people just came right out and said you're kidding right and i monkeys? said no and they said the monkeys yeah, are you kidding well, you want me to record a song by that group what have you exactly. been smoking jim come on <laughs> yeah i had one guy was pretty much that same thing and then later on when it came out and it started getting a lot of good reviews he came up to me and said oh i saw that the that cd's getting really good reviews and it's actually selling and i said yeah that's pretty cool and he goes yeah maybe i should have done that Would've and that was how he looked at it by you know you know by saying oh it's doing good so maybe i should have been on it because it's doing good but Absolutely. before anybody knew it was going to do well he didn't want to have anything to do with it. I understand. You know, and, and it's like, well, that's fine, but too bad it's already out and you can't do anything for it. Yeah, so. you, as, as Maxwell Smart used to say on Get Smart, missed it by that much. Exactly. Exactly. And that's just too bad. You know, it's the way it goes. Now, that leads to the question I don't think anyone's asked. Because the CD was, the tribute album was a bit of a success, was there talk about a second one? There was talk about a second one, but I've seen that happen, and you've seen it happen too, probably. You know, as as it does, you you get fairly successful with one thing, and then you put out a second thing, and it's like, oh, I've already gone through that. I'm on that one. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're lucky enough that the first one is, 
you know, does well. It's really hard to conceive of a second one doing as any well. better. Yeah. You know, I mean, even coming up to the, even coming up to the first, cause you know, I mean, look who we had. We, you know, I, I, I asked, you know, I started asking just my friends like Natty and multicolor house and, and, um, he goes by Newell Bait now, but back then it was Bill Bait. That's how he's on uh, live bait, mm-hmm. that track. And the Opium Hello, which was in town, and the Vulgar Boatman, who I know, and those big Del Puckles who were local, and Boise and Moss, and, um, you know, Man Size Job, which is actually Lava Love under a different name. I don't know how many people know of Lava Love, but they were from here, and they had a couple of fairly successful records. Nice. And then. I was lucky enough, you know, to run into a few other people along the way, like Mitch Easter and Peter Holsapple. And they, I thought, well, what the heck? Let me ask them. And they said, sure, no problem. And, uh, you know, all these other great people who I know, and, you know, I, I can sit here and go through all 21 people. <laughs> well, we, if, if we, we have, to. if we have time, we'll let you, I promise. <laughs> But, yeah, I'd like to mention everybody by name since I mentioned a few. Deacon Lunchbox did his, and it, it took him forever. He said he had to wait for the for the cello player Brian Holler, and he said I can't do it without Brian because you know I just can't. And so I don't know what Brian was up to. It was twenty five years ago. Well, I promise. And, I, I just let you know when you get to that point where I mention Deacon Lunchbox, I do my impression of Deacon. And Al, Al has Al has the song underneath me as we're going. There will be birds singing everywhere. Yeah, it's because it's great. <laughs> it, it was good. I mean, and that to me that set the tone for the whole CD. I mean, that particular song, which is not the strongest monkey song, he did it the only way possible, and it just it. it I, I loved it, and, and I and I and I said, rest in peace, Deacon. Thanks for leaving us this this piece of history because it, it it's a great way to start off the the, the CD. Well, it is a great track, and he and it really was better that he waited for Brian to do it. And um, I don't think I was there. I think I was there for the part of the mixing, but I remember being in the studio, and I remember that it cost $15 to do it. I think they did two or three tracks. I bought the tape uh, because it was a one-inch eight-track, and we also had a one-inch 16 somewhere that we used so the one inch tape came in handy all all over the place you know so it wasn't a waste of money to buy a one inch reel of tape but uh um i remember that it cost 15 dollars. i have the tape still have the master tape in the in the back room and uh but you know there's no way to to you know revisit it you know what's the point right you know i mean it's already been mixed and done and who has a I think the fellow that has the one inch a track, I don't think it works anymore. <laughs> it was already gotcha. 40 years old, 25 years ago. So God knows if it still works. I don't, but Deacon was really great about it. And, and he was real passionate about that particular track. Although he went through a couple of different titles. Um, the first one he wanted to do was actually the theme to the monkeys, but we were talking about it and, I said, well, what are you going to do? Say, hey, hey, we're the monkeys when you're only one guy. And he goes, mm. <laughs> you know, so good point. He came good up point. with, 
Yeah, he came up with that. And I think that was, like you said, much better. And and it works. Absolutely. Uh, with his uh, approach. But I do have to say, it's funny about this CD. We can get back to other things in a minute. It's funny about this. Where several of the people who were on it have sort of, um, along the way, have sort of either forgotten they were on it. And they, it doesn't ever end up in any of their discographies or any of their, you know, uh, accomplishments, so to speak. Gee, Jim, I wonder if you, uh, could be ta- a- you could be talking about my favorite cut on the track. And when I approached Larry Joe Miller about it, he says, you know, I honestly don't remember doing it. Well, that's, yeah. Um, you know, Pete Moss actually sang it, which I didn't know. And Pete, Pete also sang, you know, was a, you know, he and Boise, Boise Bob did uh, going to buy me a dog, which was perfect for those guys because it worked, especially for those guys, you know. But there's a book out on Deacon Lunchbox, and it goes through everything, every cassette thing that he was ever on or any kind of appearance or any kind of everything, and this is just totally ignored. Ooh, painful. You know, and I, I, was, I was a little disappointed, but I thought, well, you know what? Who knows? And at this point, who cares? You know, and there's another band that that did a song on there. I don't really want to mention their name, but it's a great track, as they all are. And there is a big thing about them once about, you know, their rise from name changes and this and that into where they were at now. And they put all their, their discography and everything that they ever did and totally ignored. Well... Yeah, that's their loss, you know. but you know, it, it happens. It does, and so it doesn't really matter because, you know, you either bought the record or you didn't. And they played it a couple of times, mm-hmm. and then they then they stopped. They played it when it was real new to them and when the record came out. They did not play it the record release party thing, but um, they did play it out live. I have a set list somewhere on my stuff that got a little bit... Uh, confused and uh thrown about when i had to move <laughs> so i don't have everything in order even after 20 years but uh they did they did i did see them play it and it was very it was very cool cool so jim what was it about the monkeys that grabs you and say hey i like these guys an awful lot well you know being of that that old term being of a certain age you know i was there when that that TV show came on and, um, you know, and I, I think, and I still do think that last train to Clarksville is simply one of the best songs I've ever heard written, played and produced. And, you know, it just, every time I hear that, that opening riff, it just, you know, I'm just back, back there in those days again, you know, and it's just one of those songs that you just can't beat. You can't beat it at all. And then you come to find out later what it's about. And then you find out, oh, my God, you know, I didn't know that, especially when you were, you know, whatever I was at the time, 50. I don't know what I was back in 67 when it came out or 66. But, uh, you know, nobody knew about you know, singing against Vietnam. And it was so, it was so, you know, 
uh, covered up anyway. It was so, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? You might, you might be guess, but, uh, subversive. Yeah. You know, the whole idea of it is a guy talked to his, and he doesn't know if he's ever coming home. I didn't know what it was about. I thought maybe he was just leaving mm-hmm. home and he was afraid of dying on the train. I don't know. And you, you get caught up in that. Saying. You get caught up in that Louis Shelton guitar lick, and it's like uh, that's that's the thing that grabs you. Oh yeah, it's totally amazing, and it's funny about how that's produced all these years later. Um, I always thought that was a twelve string, but apparently there's so many guitars playing that it just seems like it because he said he played. You've seen that clip. Maybe you even put it up uh, of him talking about it, and he played a Telecaster and. The other two guys, neither of those guys played a 12 string. It just ended up, just ended up sounding like it, you know? And I think most people who play it nowadays do play it. I do believe when I saw, you know, David and, uh, and Mickey in their monkeys and Peter in their monkey, that last monkeys tour that David did, I do believe that the gentleman who was playing guitar in the back, uh, played it on a 12 string, you know? Yeah, one of the the in, in going getting back to the to CD man. Well, I'm I'm with you. I'm a first generation monkey maniac myself. I was six and glued to the tube watching Davy Sword fight the Archduke Otto that night, and I was hooked. So it's like the next day, my mother went out and got me last train to Clarksville, take a giant step, and the rest is a hysterectomy. So yeah, <laughs> but the cool thing the cool thing that I really like about this CD is that it is a microcosm of all the styles of music that were that were popular in the Atlanta area at that time. And I love the fact that there's so many different styles. I mean, you've got, you've got the Euro, you, you've got the Euro girl rock, magna pop. You've got Larry Joe Miller doing the, uh, uh, the rockabilly, which I, which I love to death. Um, uh-huh. and the country, uh, what am I doing? Hanging around the big belt, uh, brass belt buckles, um, live uh, Billy Bates yeah. version of Randy Skowskit, which is something completely unique for a minute for about a half second there I thought I was listening to Tom Petty and Bob Dylan doing a duet and then <laughs> you know we um, I talked to uh, I've talked to Dale Lawrence the vulgar boatman you know they've actually re-released mm-hmm. remixed and re-released uh, their last album has uh, a re uh, what's the word I want remixed or, or re uh, interpreted no it's it uh, it's where they put it. It's where they go back in and remaster. A remaster. That's it. A remastered version of the kind. Yeah, of remaster. They just pulled it off the CD. They don't have a tape or the. Yeah. I have all that stuff. And and then you've got yeah. Mitch Easter's Mitch Easter's note for note, dead on, Valerie, and, and it's oh, just, yeah. it, it's just so, it's a great. And, and the funny thing about it is, Al and I are. Uh, Al is a comic book artist by trade, and we find it interesting that, uh, Cruisin', uh, Max Allen Collins is the lead singer mm-hmm. of that group. And he uh, he wrote Dick Tracy for many years, the Dick Tracy comic strip for many years. So that's that we found that mm-hmm. had to be very interesting. So um yeah. mm-hmm. go ahead. I was gonna say that was actually the fellow that helped me do a lot of the stuff, Rob Gal at his studio, the A Track Shack, as he called it. Um not the same A track that Deacon recorded at, but another another A track. Um he was his friend. And when I was in there, you know, we, we recorded a lot of the bands in there, like the Daw Squad recorded in there and the Vulgar Boatman recorded in there and Big Bell Puckles recorded in there, Lava Love. 
And then when, you know, Rob and I did the theme to the monkeys instrumentally, because again, it's like, who's going to sing it. So we did it instrumentally. We call it the flying subs. And so we did a lot of work in, in that studio. And he, you know, said, Oh, by the way, I asked my friend Al to, to do a song and they're sending, they're sending a song. And I went, Oh, well, okay. <laughs> I guess <laughs> because you know, he didn't run it by me or he just did it on his own. He just selected to put a song on the, on the, on the thing without even asking, but at the same time, you know, and then here's, here's the, the, you know, the end of that, that it was great. And it's like, fine. It was really great. I love the organ. You know, I love yeah. a big, powerful B3 organ. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to make you laugh because to just to show you that I, 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 I read, but I don't read. I'm just finally understanding the names of the members of the Flying Subs. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and it just hit me. I'm going, wait a minute. Peppy Roney, fill my pockets, Sal Hammy, and Cold Cuts. I love it. I love it. That's the perfect way, That's the perfect way to end that, man. I'm telling you. Well, we didn't know what to do. We decided to um, – we figured, well – I figured we had to have that on there somehow. And, you know, Deacon wasn't going to sing it. So what do we do? Well, we do it instrumentally because, you know, who's going to sing, hey, hey, we're the monkeys because nobody's the monkeys. The monkeys are long gone and broken up. And so we decided that, you know, let's do it instrumentally. And then what are we going to say? You know, Rob Gal does all this and then me does all of this. So I said, well, we've got to break it down into like it's a real band. And that and that tape was going around at that time. That was making the rounds. And it was big in my in my circle of friends. And so I said, well, we've just got to do this. This is going to be the names of the people, you know, Pepe Roney and How'd You Like a Kick and all those other I don't remember. Uh everything and i don't have i i actually went looking for the record so i had a reference but the only thing i have one cd left in a blister pack which is how they came back in those days and i really don't want to open it the other um the other cd that's open is just not at my fingertips right at this point another thing that i i meant to find before you know we did this but again i totally it totally slipped my mind but yeah and it was only mentioned in one uh, one review. You mean the instrumental? And none theme? of the other none of the other reviewers ever mentioned it. They didn't. They just. I guess they thought it was so weird. They didn't even mention saying what is it with these stupid names. But <laughs> one guy reviewed it, and he actually knew the tape. Wow! <laughs> so, Excellent. So yeah, you were original fan back in the day. Did you stay a fan in the seventies and eighties? What? brought you back around what brought you back around to uh reevaluating the group and thinking this might make a great subject for a tribute cd well you know the mtv had a couple of years earlier or several years earlier what was it 86 or early 87 had started running all the tv shows again Mm -hmm. and i had just moved up with my buddy walter who was in the chant with me i was in the chant with him or however we you want to call it. And he and I were the only ones that moved up here. We had to, you know, find two other people to play. 
but we were all, uh, and these other friends of ours, we were all living in this house in Decatur. And it was, you know, it's in the winter time and it was freezing and, and they, you know, said, Oh, we're going to, you know, run the, the monkeys, you know, MTV. So we had cable and we tried to sit up and watch as many as we could. But I believe that Walter was smart enough to put, uh, a VCR cassette in anyway. I think we had a stack of them. And he started recording from the beginning, but we stayed up as long as we could before we, you know, had to fall asleep. Pleasant Valley Sunday, eventually. I remember it well, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were listening to it, you know, and the end would come up and for Pete's sake play, mm-hmm. you know, after the first few shows. And you know, Walter had his guitar there and he just started fooling with it, you know, and he got that opening riff going and this and that. And so we fooled with it and fooled with it. And we finally worked it out. And then we played with the chant in Gainesville, Florida, where the drummer Todd Berry, who has a new, another career, a rather successful stand-up comedy career at this point, and he was going to school there previous to that career. And Rich DeFinnis, who was our lead guitar player, or our other guitar player, I should say, because the, it was shared, you know, quite 50-50 on that, uh, on those titles, uh, lead and rhythm guitar with the chant with Rich and Walter. And so he came up from Fort Lauderdale. And we worked it up and we, we rehearsed and we uh, at the Volger Boatman's studio, a rehearsal studio. And uh, and we played for Pete's sake that night. And it was close, close after, you know, that uh, MTV presentation. And the place, you know, didn't go wild. Nobody pulled our hair out or anything. But the reaction to the monkey song was really, really big. And it's like, wow, that's great. You know, we'll keep this. So we kept it for a long time. And then, you know, as things do, they finally, you know, so that kind of planted the seed, I think. And on and on. And I I got in another band and I did another, like this one-off band called, uh, I think we called ourselves the uh, Strawberry Lava Lamps. Or something similar to that. Psychedelic. And I got to sing Last Train to Clarksville. That's cool, man. I love I love it. Yeah. So, you know, the whole thing is it just kept going around and going around and then finally it just culminated into this this like maybe we should do this because, you know, tribute albums were selling. Mm-hmm. So we decided, well, let's take a look at this and see what happens. That's fantastic. Well, as we start to wrap this up, I'm going to put you on the spot. Give me your three okay. favorite. Give me your three favorite songs off the CD. Oh, that is on the spot. Hold on a second. Uh. Oh, okay. Well, I'm uh, all right. Um. Let, let's see. I had to put my glasses on. He, he's he's got the blister pack. He's going to try to raise it. Right. So I, yeah, while you're, while you're doing that. Back. While you're doing that, I'm going to give you mine. Uh, okay. My favorite is Tomorrow's Going to Be Another Day. I just love the way that, that Pete Moss sings, you know, kind of does Elvis. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. You told me because now Natty has a special place in our heart. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and it's actually a tie between, uh, between the chant 
take a giant step, and that's not to that's not to you know, not to blow smoke, but and then Deacon, I, I will I will continually do that. I will I will continually impre- do my impression of Deacon whenever I'm in the car. So, well, he is fun to imitate and uh, or impersonate or have fun with his voice because it was so exaggerated. You know, he didn't really talk like that. <laughs> you know, that was. That was Deacon Lunchbox. Well, it's funny. Uh, while you're while you're looking at, since you're in the Atlanta area, do you do you listen to terrestrial radio still? Have you? There's I don't a, even think I know what that is. Well, I'm sorry. Regular radio, regular radio, non satellite. Oh, periodically. There, I think there should be a morning show syndicated in Atlanta called John the John Boy and Billy Big Show. They're based out of Charlotte and they're syndicated all over the country. And they have a character that the one of the guys does is called Mad Max, and it is Deacon Lunchbox. That's exactly what it is. Uh-oh. He goes, John Boy and Billy, Mad Max here. So, oh, that hurt. I can't do that well, anymore. <laughs> I can see how it works for that for that name too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but uh, I um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pull the rug out from under this, and I'm gonna say I. I don't have three favorites, you know, I can't, I, you know, because, you know, Bob Roop has been a a friend of mine, you know, since high school. So we're going back 40, I don't know, seven years or whatever the heck that is. And, you know, and all these, and all these other people and Natty and the boatman. And, you know, of course that I can't help but, you know, say that the chant of course is, one of my favorite tracks because I did it. <laughs> mm-hmm, absolutely. I would have to say though, if if I was to say one track is my favorite track without having to, you know, diss um, anybody as they used to say, I don't know if they still do, but I'm so out of touch, but I really, let's put it this way. I really loved doing the instrumental um, monkeys theme with Rob mm-hmm. because we had total, you know, there's backwards guitar and there's vibes Mm-hmm. You know, for some reason, he had a set of vibes in the, you know, studio. And uh, we did, uh, you know, we we just played with everything. We had a great time. I got to play the 12 string. I got to play the 12 string on uh, Take a Giant Step, too. My yeah. friend Kenny Buck played bass. Mm-hmm. And we had another drummer uh, who was uh, Walter Brewer, who was in the Jody Grind at the time. Mm-hmm. And I asked the Jody Grind to do a track, but they apparently, as a band, just couldn't find time sure. to do it. But Walter mm-hmm. found an afternoon to come and and play drums, and he he uh, he did a great job. And and Kenny did a great job on bass. And I, you know, played this twelve string track, which I, you know, which I really like because you know I never get to really play guitar on anything. Thing, especially on tape true you know anything that got released i think there's only about four things that i ever played guitar on that, that came out and two of them are on this <laughs> two of them are on here yep and um so you know i'd have to say those two simply because of you know i know what you know the behind the scenes of everything and then and i know that there are so many people that i know that doll squad you know they loved uh I couldn't be there for that, but, uh, mm-hmm. I had to work, but you know, they, they had a great time and they, you know, said that they were glad that I asked them to do it. And so did all the, all the bands, Yeah, you know, and, um, 
I, I wish I could mention everybody by name. But uh, yeah, we 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 did. I promise you, we will mention the people that we didn't mention in the last episode because we talked a lot about it. We didn't talk about the chant because we wanted to get you on first. But you know, we talked about you told me, and we talked about um, we we mentioned everybody. But we're going to go into a little bit more depth in some of the other ones um, on on the second half of this. So, but Jim Johnson, again, from the bottom of my heart, personally, thank you for this incredible gift. We are thrilled that you had a chance to hang out with us today we will keep my fingers crossed on your trip to the doctor and we want to thank you so very much for hanging out with us and, and talking about here no evil this wonderful monkey's tribute cd well thanks very much i'd like to talk about if we do a part two i'd like to talk about the show that we did mm-hmm. and what went into actually getting that going because that was sort of like you think we should do a record release party on this and it's like how would we do that and absolutely there was a lot of crazy things that went went in and around on that, and when it finally happened, it was a staggering success. Um, I can only imagine, and, um, it's, it, and it's too bad that it, it would have been that would have been a great thing to videotape and, and make available to monkeys fans because I think they would have eaten it up. Well, there is somewhere again. Sadly, there are scattered cassettes of that night of live cassettes. And I ran across, across one recently and I'm going to, you know, go back and try to put them together. But, you know, there was a problem with recording, even though it was a cassette from the board, there was a problem with that. And we can get into that later, but you know, only very few songs actually got recorded from, you know, that night. And yeah, we didn't, we didn't videotape it and it would have been a good idea. You know, so many people and i just i don't mean to throw a shade on this and on the way out but i look at this thing and and it started to occur to me that it's so many people who were involved in this have passed on it's a it's actually fairly staggering you know and um i wish we could have had uh you know especially my friend i'll mention one by well pete moss for one and Mike Lorenz, who was in the big belt buckles, he played the fabulous Dobro, and he was a lead guitarist in uh, <clears throat> Right as Rain in, on their record, second record. And he was a great friend of mine, and he, he passed on, and I wish, you know, there was a video of of them playing, you know, it would have been totally great. But anyhow, the, I thank you guys for having any any interest at all you know, and putting this together. And I'm so glad that, you know, Natty and, and, and the band, they really stepped up and they did a great job with you told me. And I, and when we did the show, I got to play guitar with them. I, I played with them on stage. So that was, that was really cool. Well, is there, I know that I know that you're I know that you're having some issues at the moment. But is there anything else that you're doing right now that you'd like to tell our tell our uh, podcast audience about that you're involved in? Well, the the band that I'm currently in, which is now coming up to 15 years, I think, um, is called the Skylarks, the Skylarks, and we have a, as the kids like to say, we do have an internet presence, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, I think there's a Skylarks page and there's also uh, some video, you know, that you can find on YouTube. And we're we're in the process of 
in the process of like everybody's always in the process of making a record. You know, we're making in the process of making our second record. That's great. Which is coming along really well, I think. But you know, these things take time since nobody's throwing money at us. You know, it all it all has to do with money on how much you can do at a time and Absolutely. you know when you can do it. But it's coming out really, really well, and and that. But there's no, there's no recording projects. I I'm trying to get some songs. Of course, I have a, a few songs that I have held aside that, for some reason in my mind, I don't think is right for the band or a band. I just like playing them on my own, and I'd like to just you know I'd like to finish a record uh, of just me on my own with some of these older songs that I've put together. And, uh, uh, it's just, it's, you know, again, money and it just isn't, it just isn't happening, you know? So, well, it will. And let us know uh, when it happens and we will certainly plug it and yell about it to other fans on our podcast and on our blog page for the podcast. We'll be happy to do that. Mm -hmm. Very good. Well, I appreciate it. Absolutely. And, you know, I, it would be great if, you know, people could, could look up the Skylarks and, you know, see some of that. And also in, in April, we actually had a chant reunion and we played in, uh, in Florida. Of course we didn't, you know, Greg Smalley is gone, but we, we had, we got Rich DeFinnis, who is our, you know, first guitarist. That was such a long story. I'm I'm considering him our first guitarist because he was on the first record. Yeah, and so we got together and we played at this uh, at this thing in uh, in Miami. So you can look the chant up Definitely. on YouTube at at, uh, at Churchill's Miami. I think is the best set of words to use, and it will come up. And you can tell the newer stuff from the older stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> because of the way we look, yeah. old and gray haired. And pot bellied. <laughs> I promise you. What I, what I'll do is we will. I'll, I'll locate the Skylarks uh, Facebook page. I will uh, get the links to some of the stuff on YouTube. And when this episode comes out, we will definitely uh, prom- we'll we'll definitely put it out there because uh, Al is very good about adding additional information, pictures that you might not have seen. Uh, he put the uh, he put the album cover on the uh, uh, on the page as the last one uh, uh, for. I the, saw that mm-hmm. so. But yeah, we'll de- I'll definitely make sure that Al has all that information, and we'll we we will put the Skylarks out there and say if you're in that area, there's something we're checking out. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great band and friends, you know, long long time friends in in the band and uh, and there's a, a you know a, a big uh, history to that too, which might be for a third or or a fourth part. I don't know. Absolutely, man. But anyway. Yeah, because Mike was actually Mike was our first chant guitarist when we moved back up. When we moved up here, and then he had to move back to Tampa. I mean, back to yeah, Tampa. Shoot, or Tallahassee. I'm sorry, Tallahassee. And so then Rich Defenis, our first chant guitarist, moved up here and took his place. But then Mike came back and then started a band, and then later on I got in that band. You know, so it's all it's all interconnected. Uh, it's all interconnected and it just goes on forever. Well, Jim, we hope that and you, I we hope you that guys, you go on for a little bit. We, we hope that you go on for a little bit longer, my friend. <laughs> I hope so too. I got a few things I got to do. Yeah. 
Well, listen, before, uh, we we love this. This has been a wonderful conversation about a wonderful CD, man. We we appreciate your time. Thank you again for giving it to us, and you know, we will be in touch. I promise. We'll we'll, we'll talk again. Yeah. And you you can you. I would love to hear some of the stories. Absolutely. Okay, and just just to very end it, just to very end it, if if you want to thank also Steve and Jill because they had the label, and they're the ones that said let's pick this project up and finish it. Absolutely. Well, Steve and Jill, thank so you they, from the bottom of our hearts as Monkeys fans, and and yeah. thanks for making thanks for making Jim's project a reality, man. Jim Johnson, yeah. creative force behind Here No Evil. We wish you the best, my friend. Thank you so much. We love you, man. Thank you, and thanks for calling. Take care, Jim. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks once more to Jim Johnson for giving us some time to talk about this favorite project of Al. And, uh, and we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we hope that you will seek it out and uh, enjoy it as much as we do. Uh, because to me, uh, with all respect to Ian, uh, Ian Lee, this is the best Monkey's Tribute album, especially since it, it, it gives you the gamut again of all the 90s type of pop that was being played in the Atlanta area by some of it, the Atlanta area's greatest bands at the time. Although that Ian Lee platter sure is a, uh, it's a toe tapper, folks. Oh yeah, I'm not taking anything oh, yeah. away from it. You know, it, it's just personal preference. But yeah, thanks for, for that. Thanks again to Natty Moss Bond mm-hmm. for her generous time and the insights into her recording for the, uh, the tribute LP. As the kids used to call them, long players. Long play records. Yeah, but at least they go, at least by the time we got the long playing records, they went slower. Have you ever tried to read the label of a record going at 78 RPM? It's not easy, believe me, especially with 2020 vision. Why do you think I got glasses like the the Coke bottles, Dan? (laughs) Anyway. I got Pepsi bottles. I can't stand Coke. You know that. That's, That's true. Again, Carolyn, that's for you. Since you seem to like the two Jewish old men. So wait a minute, which one are you? Are you Statler or Waldorf? I'm, I'm Statler. I'm Waldorf, all right. All right then. Mazdatov. You moron, that's Mazeltov. Uh, I was talking about what I had for supper last that's night. That's what you get for being an unorthodox one of those guys. Uh-huh. Unorthodox. Yeah, you are. Same to you, buddy. That's for the benefit of those of you that have tuned in late. Now, back to the podcast in its original upright position. And that's when Mickey said, no, that's my poncho. <laughs> I told you we can get away with telling these jokes on the podcast, but we did it. <laughs> Hello, is this the, the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Hal? Uh, let me speak to Mr. Cheatham, please. I need him to come back to the, this is the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast calling. I need him to bring Al shot collar and come back. Would you get him over here? Thank you. Now, wait, I thought we established you were the uh, recipient of the shock treatments. Huh? <laughs> not not after that joke, pal of mine. What are you, crazy? A little too ethnic, maybe? Uh, so far out she's in. Okay. No, no, wait, wait. Do you hear that noise? It's the bat phone, sir. That, that beeping. It sounds familiar. I would certainly hope so. After, th- after three years of hearing it constantly week after week, sir. Remind me to raise your salary, Alfred. I would prefer a, an F-sharp this time as opposed to a B-flat, sir. Enough tomfoolery. It's time to talk to Jody Ritson. Well, hello there, Jody. Are you finally starting to warm up up there in beautiful uh, Pennsylvania? Well, it is a beautiful day here, so I'll take whatever I can get at this point. Well, that's good. So how have you been since the last time we talked? 
Everything is wonderful. I have some new things that I am able to share and also just want to start getting you excited that a lot of cool stuff is coming um, in the next couple of weeks that we're going to announce. Outstanding. So what tidbits can you share with us? Well, what I can share with you right now is that I decided due to um, peer pressure that I'm going to do two meetups during the monkeys trips. One of them is going to be when we when the monkeys are at the Keswick Theater, and that is on June 21st. And then I have the road trip going to the 22nd, I believe, is um, uh, the Beacon Theater, the 24th, the Paramount, and then I'm working on something for the final show for Count Basie. Um, I am just right now getting it together under um, Monkey Fan Meetups on Facebook so that this way, even though the guys aren't able with this particular tour to do any uh, meet and greets, this way the, the fans still have a synchronized place that they're able to meet one another. So um, I'm working on that right now. And then... We, I announced Mickey is going to be doing the Northeast Comic Con in Boston, which is actually where he's going to be is closer to the New England area. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be July 6th, 7th, and 8th. And if you go on to northeastcomiccon.com, you can get tickets, but get this one. It's only 20 bucks. It, well, here's the thing. They have VIP and all that kind of stuff, right, that you can do with Mickey. And we are doing karaoke. But get this, Friday night we are um, Friday night we are doing the movie Head. Mickey is going to do a Q&A and then movie Head in the big theater. Um, and then the next day, autograph the whole Comic-Con thing. And then Sunday, the Comic-Con thing. So that's 20 bucks. You see the movie, the Q&A, and the whole weekend at the Comic-Con for $20. I mean, you, it's just an unbelievable deal. Absolutely. But, but there's only a handful of these uh, opportunities left because it almost sold out immediately. He had to get a larger theater. Then the next, um, we have karaoke in Boston um, or New England, and it's going to be at the hotel that um, that we're recommending there in uh, Boxborough, I believe, Massachusetts. And that karaoke, I have 10 spots and six of them sold out in the first day. That's, That's why I've been a little bit quiet about it. It's available on my website. Uh, this will include um, front row to the head screening. It includes the weekend pass and it includes karaoke. Uh, that's on my site. And then on the Northeast Comic Con, they're also offering a weekend VIP thing that has like the first 10 rows or something like that for the movie head. The weekend of the Comic Con, pictures with Mickey, autographs with Mickey, and then that you can be in the audience at the karaoke. So there's some cool stuff that we're doing. Um, and I'm trying to think, this uh, June. We have, or not June, I'm sorry, April um, 27th, 28th, 29th, Mickey will be at the East Coast Comic Con. Mm -hmm. That's different than the Northeast Comic Con. 
and that is in um, East Rutherford, Secaucus area of New Jersey. So that's more North Jersey. Mm -hmm. And that is, um, we're doing karaoke on the 28th. We sold out of the singing with Mickey opportunities, but I still have some meet and greet opportunities available for the audience. Um, and of course, everything we do is for Make-A-Wish. So that's very important that everybody realizes. And I think, I have other stuff, but I can't disclose it just yet. So you guys are going to have to be very patient with me, but it's coming soon. Well, that's that's a good thing, though. I mean, the you know the fact that you can't talk about it means that there's more stuff. Yeah, I um I'm not letting them retire anytime soon. Let's mm. put it that way. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, it, now which one? Which which one have you been posting about the 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 meet uh, the uh, mini weekend getaway thing? The mini. I was trying to get together the interest. You know, everybody wants me to do another monkey con, and it's really something that I I'm not a hundred percent sure I have the strength right now to do um, because it's so exhausting and it's so much work and very expensive. Um, so. Uh, I had thought, because we have stuff to do that entire weekend in Massachusetts, that maybe that would be a good opportunity, since it is inexpensive, for everybody to sort of, instead of going to New Jersey, have a little mini meetup. We all get to watch the movie in the theater together, and then we all get to, um, you know, be a part of the Comic-Con, and the Q&As, and the, and the karaoke, and you know, just ha and and it's a, in a nice hotel. There's a pool. It's Independence Weekend, so I really think that would be a great time for a lot of us fans to use as an excuse, you know, to get together. And then, of course, Mickey will be there. And I'm working on some other um, some other celebrities that that are you know good um, that I am looking forward to being able to uh, tell you about. Mm -hmm. So, how has uh, Nez reacted to the to the idea that the paperback uh, release of Infinite Tuesdays has already had to be reordered three times? He's got four hundred autographs to sign um, over the weekend. So, uh, I'll let you know if I get you know a, a, a nasty email of <laughs> how much work I'm making him do. Um, but no, he's very excited. And then they just revealed today um, that with all the pre-orders. They were sending out a free 8x10 autograph by Nez of the new cover because there was so much interest in the mm -hmm. new cover. Um, so for 17 bucks, you get an autograph book and you get an autograph limited edition. I, I don't know who thought about that, but, I mean, that certainly was an incredible thing for fans, you know, very affordable. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's what I got a chance to – that was the last thing I said to him yesterday during the uh... – during the my second seven minutes with Nez, I said I remember the picture that they posted with all the hardcovers, and I know that the books have already been ordered pre, pre uh, reordered three times. He said your writer's cramp is not going to ease up anytime soon. What did he say? He laughed. He said, "Yeah, I love it though. I mean, it, 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 it's it's very refreshing to know that." So, yeah, he uh, we managed to catch him at uh, he, we were his second interview yesterday, just like we were you know, we were like three hours into his junket the first time we interviewed him so he doesn't mean us he means his interview with uh that he did separately. yeah the, the seven minutes so yeah well explain to her what you mean oh well I, you remember uh i was part of the uh, i got to be part of the press junket again for the paperback release yes 
So yeah, so I got my. That's why I call it my second seven minutes with Niz. So that's awesome. So then, t- technically, if you think about it, you're you have 15 minutes of fame. That's true. Four, yeah, I still got a minute left. So, but let's see now. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that once we finish our conversation for the podcast. <laughs> Great. Well, yeah. So we. So you know, we have a lot of a lot of fans that are interested in meeting up, and I'm hoping that that is a successful you know, little weekends. I think it should be a lot of fun. You never know what we're going to get into. Um, and, but it's affordable. So that information is on, uh, the Northeast comic con, or if you just keep checking out my page, I obviously, you know, I continue to push everything that I can, um, and make everybody aware. And, um, I'll have more stuff coming through, uh, the constant contact for people who subscribe to the, monkey um meet and greet.com website absolutely so everything everything else is good i just look forward to being able to tell you over the next couple of weeks what we're doing and uh, i think we're going to have an amazing summer absolutely yeah i i, I didn't I, I promise you i didn't even infer about june when i talked to him so, so yeah so but uh you know like I say i i figure he might be done with the autographs before right as they're getting ready to start rehearsals in may so <laughs> Yeah, I hope I hope that we don't kill him. I really do. But he's a he's a trooper. He can do it. It's absolutely all right, Jody. Well, I'm glad you're starting to thaw it up there. Hopefully, you won't see any more April snow. So yes, you're not kidding. You're not kidding. And thank you guys so much as always. Well, thank you for your time. We will talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Bye. See ya. As always, we thank our third podcast partner, Jody Ritson. And boy, don't you know her summer's going to be full big time. It sure sounds like it. So, um, at this point, do you have anything else to add, my friend? Not since I got those cease and desist letters. It came in while we were doing this very podcast. Our yeah, fans be, do not waste time. You'd be surprised at how Mickey's lawyers are spot Ooh. on. Yes, you know. You'll never tell that poncho joke again. When they saw I only had two strands of, of Mickey hair, I, they got all upset. <laughs> so, at this point, should we do the uh, legalese? I guess we gotta. The Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys Podcast is a podcast for Monkeys fans done by Monkeys fans and for no other reason but love. And you Beatle fans can listen too if you want. That's true. They're, they're part of the four, you know, is it the five four versus the pre five four. Well, like John Lennon told Mike Nesmith in the 60s, now there are eight of us that know what this is like. That's right. Uh, we are not affiliated in any way, shape, or form with the estate of the late David Jones, Michael Nesmith, Mickey Dolan's Peter Tork. Because they won't claim us. That's right. They, they won't allow us to be. Uh, Rhino Records, Andrew Sandoval, uh, any other podcast that is out there, uh, Zilch, uh, The Monkey's Live Almanac, all those guys out there. Um, Harold Bronson. Uh, why do I say Harold Bronson? He's got nothing Bronson. to do with it. He's got nothing to do with it. What's Harold got to do with it? What's Harold got to do, got to do with it? I'm sorry. But uh, this is just a labor of love for Alan and myself. That's right. And while we're on that subject, let's thank... Of course, Ken Mills on the Zilch Podcast, all our friends at the Monkeys Live Almanac, all our Facebook friends. Yep, Fred Velez and uh, Ken are getting better, and oh, we yes. thank, thank you guys for your, your prayers and your thoughts. Um, so, And again, shout out to the guys at the Monkey Live, Monkeys Live Almanac. I'm going through and listening to, the, uh, to their recordings of uh, Monkeys Hour and Headquarters again. Ooh. The ones that really really started it all back the, in the day. The grandfathers of it, to be honest with you. So, John DeMeo, Peristachiaris. We love you. Back when we had to listen uh, over our steam-powered speakers. Yep. 
You had to throw a roadie or two on every now and then or else you couldn't listen. I used to have this this megaphone I'd put to my ear and just lean out the window and hope I'd hope for the best. <laughs> That's what we did back then. You kids today, would you, 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 you Twitter? boom 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 Oh, I don't know what it is anymore. Yeah, right. kids. Your tweeter and your book face. Never mind my tweeter. The doctor said it was fine yesterday. And, and your Grammy and your instant granny. The Grammy phone tweeter accounts. <laughs> All right. The long-haired so, singers, I don't know. Uh, Al? Yeah, yeah. I want you to understand something. I want you to look me dead in the eye on this one. The opening we did for this, we will never, ever be a lame, plain podcast. That's right. There are plenty of others to go to for that kind of thing. That's right. All you got to do is put foxnews.com. And on, on that note, let's all remember to save the Texas prairie chicken. Uh <sighs>